Savior took your place. By the cross you lead us to that home above. There we'll see him face to face. On that tree of sorrow, Jesus died for all, took upon himself our dross. As I see him there, I long to ever live in the shadow of the cross. Are you living in the shadow of the cross where the Savior took your He'll lead us to that home above. There we'll see him face to face. There are souls to rescue. There are souls to save. On the sea of life they talk. them how to live in the shadow of the cross. Are you living in the shadow of the cross where the Savior took your place? He'll lead us to that home above. There we'll see him face to face. All right, Pastor. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks, Dad. I do appreciate that. In the shadow of the cross, uh, that last verse, there are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Let us be a light and teach them how to live. Amen? Amen. I promise you this, if we don't do it, nobody else will. And it's our responsibility to be a light unto a lost and dying world. Uh, There certainly is no excuse or no reason in the day that we're living in for God's people not to make a difference. Amen? And the reason for that is because uh, what we hold to, the truths that we um, adhere to, uh, the message that we uh, have been commissioned and sent to proclaim is uh, far different from the ideas and the philosophies of this world. So there's more of a distinction between, or should be, a greater distinction between the church and the world today than there ever has been. Sad to say, I'm afraid that um, the world, or excuse me, the church has lost, um, well, 
the salt's lost its savor. Let's just put it that way. And, uh, you know, the, the reason that, that salt is able to flavor and, and, and change, you think about that, salt, uh, ha, you know, just uh, those small crystals, particles are able to change uh, the taste um, of a substance. Why? Because it's different. The power of salt is in its distinction. The power of the, of the church should be in our distinction. Uh, and um, amen. In order for us to uh, be able to maintain our ability to make a difference and to change um, the world that you and I live in, we cannot afford to lose our distinction. But you see, the, uh, the, the, the philosophy of most churches today is uh, we don't want to be different. Uh, we want to we want to uh, conform our in, image unto the world, uh, and um, it's very very sad. You say, well, those church, you know, so many churches today are filled to the brim and are, uh, you know, bringing in a lot of money and and a lot of people. Well, my question is, how many of those people are different? when they leave than they were when they came in. Uh, I saw where over the New Year's holiday, uh, church had a, a New Year's Eve service and they were playing <laughs> uh, vulgar music. And the people were just, I forget what the name of it, I mean, again, I don't know know those things, but Again, just the people were, I mean, there was a lot of dancing and, and commotion and all this. And, you know, of course, the church took a lot of heat over it. Well, he said, well, there was over 100 people got saved. Oh, yeah? Well, I want to know whether or, not, whether or not they were different when they left than they were when they came in. Amen. I'm telling you, church, the, the, the power... Uh, of our effectiveness and our ability to make a difference in a lost and dying world is our distinction, our separation, our uniqueness. Uh, amen. Why, why would the world want something they've already got? Huh? But you know, nowadays we just slap a, a Christian title on it and, uh, and, and, uh, and the world can worship the Lord and not be any different than they were before they came to worship. I believe that's a lie of the devil, don't you? All right, turn with me, if you will, tonight to um, Jeremiah chapter number 48. Jeremiah chapter number 48. As again, we move closer and closer to uh, finishing up this study. And again, these are very challenging verses and a uh, very long chapter. I don't think that I'll be able to get through all of it tonight. Uh, and... Um, but uh, again, I desire your prayers as I study and prepare uh, for these lessons. But um, I do believe that uh, these chapters are in here for a reason. And uh, God certainly has things for us to learn from every uh, portion of the Word of God. So uh, let's open our hearts and let's just pray that the Lord would reveal to us that which we stand in need of here tonight. Begin reading with me in verse number 1 of chapter number 48 against Moab. Thus saith... 
I'm not getting anything here. Turn me up just a little bit. Check one, two. Well, Carly must have changed the batteries wrong. We'll go red tonight. Check one, two. All right. Uh, against Moab saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, woe unto Nebo. For it is spoiled, Kiriathim is confounded and taken, Mesgab is confounded and is dismayed. There shall be no more praise of Moab and Heshbon. They have devised evil against it. Come and let us cut it off from being a nation. Also thou shalt be cut down. O madmen, the sword shall pursue thee. A voice of crying shall be from Horonaim, spoiling in great destruction. Moab is destroyed. Her little ones have caused a cry to be heard. For in the going up of Luhith, continual weeping shall go up. For in the going down of Horonaim, the enemies have heard a cry of destruction. Flee, save our lives, and be like the heath. In the wilderness, for because thou hast trusted in the works, uh, in thy works and in thy treasures, thou shalt also be taken. And Chemosh shall go forth into captivity with his priest and his princes together. And the spoiler shall come upon every city, and no city shall escape. The valley also shall perish, and the plain shall be destroyed. As the Lord hath spoken, give wings unto Moab, that it may uh, flee and get away, for the cities thereof shall be desolate, without any to dwell therein. Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully, and cursed uh, be he that keepeth back his sword from blood. Uh, Moab hath been at ease from his youth, and he hath settled on his lees, and hath not been uh, emptied from vessel to vessel, neither hath he gone into captivity. Therefore, his taste remained in him, and his scent is not changed. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send unto him wonders that shall cause him to wander, and shall empty his vessels and break their bottles. And Moab shall be ashamed of Chemosh, as the house of Israel was ashamed of Bethel, their confidence. How say ye, we are mighty and strong men for the war? Moab is spoiled and gone up out of her cities, and his chosen young men are gone down to the slaughter, saith the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. The calamity of Moab is near to come, and his affliction hasteth fast. All ye that are about him, bemoan him, and all ye that know his name, say, How is the strong staff broken, and the beautiful rod, thou daughter that doeth dust inhabit debon? Come down from thy glory and sit in thirst. For the spoiler of Moab shall come upon thee, and he shall destroy thy strongholds. O inhabitant of Aroer, stand by thy way and espy. Ask him that fleeth and her that escapeth and say what is done. Moab is confounded, for it is broken down. Howl and cry, tell you it in Arnon. That Moab is spoiled, and judgment is come upon the plain country, upon Holon, and upon Jehaziah, and upon Mephath, and upon Debon, and upon Nebo, and upon Beth Deblathim, and upon Kiriathim, and upon, God help us all, uh, Beth Gamal, and upon Beth Maon, 
and upon Kerioth, and upon Bozrath, and upon all the cities uh, of the land of Moab, far or near, the, ho- the, the horn of Moab is cut off, and his arm is broken, saith the Lord. Make ye him drunken, for he magnified himself against the Lord. Moab also shall wallow in his vomit, he also shall be in derision. For was not Israel a derision unto thee? Was he found among thieves? For since thou spakest of him, thou skippest for joy. O ye that dwell in Moab, leave the cities, and dwell in the rock, and be like the dove that maketh her nest in the sight of the hole's mouth. We have heard the pride of Moab. He is exceeding proud. His loftiness and his arrogancy and his pride and the haughtiness of his heart. I know his wrath, saith the Lord, but it shall not be so. His lies shall not uh, so affect it. Therefore will I howl for Moab, and I will cry out for all Moab. Mine heart shall mourn for the men of Kiris, O vine of Sibma. I will weep for, for thee with the weeping of Jazer, the plant... Uh, uh, the plants are gone over the sea. They reach even to the sea of Jazir. The spoiler is fallen upon thy summer fruits and upon thy vintage. And joy and gladness is taken from the plentiful field and from the land of Moab. And I have caused wine to fail from the winepress. None shall tread with shouting. Their shouting shall be no shouting. From the city of Heshbon, even unto Eliala and even unto Jahaz, have they uttered their voice from Zoar, even unto Horonaim, as an heifer of three years old. For the waters also of Nimbrim shall be desolate. Moreover, I will cause to cease in Moab, saith the Lord, him that offereth in the high places, and him that burneth incense to his gods. Therefore, mine heart shall sound for Moab like pipes. Mine heart shall sound like pipes for the men of of Kiraz, because the riches that hath gotten, uh, that he hath gotten, are perished. For every head shall be bald, and every beard clipped. Upon all the hands shall be cuttings, and upon the loins sackcloths. There shall be lamentation gen- generally upon all the housetops of Moab, and in the streets thereof. I have broken Moab like a vessel, wherein is no pleasure, saith the Lord. They shall howl, saying, How is it broken down? How hath Moab? Uh, turn the back with shame, so shall Moab be a derision and a dismaying to all them about him. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, he shall fly as an eagle, and shall spread his wings over Moab. Kiriath is taken, and the strongholds are surprised, and the mighty men's hearts in Moab at that day shall be as the heart of a woman in her pains. And Moab shall be destroyed from being a people, because he hath magnified himself against the Lord. Fear and the pit and the snare shall be upon thee, O inhabitant of Moab, saith the Lord. He that fleeth from the fear shall fall into the pit, and he that getteth up out of the pit shall be taken in the snare. For I will bring upon it, even upon Moab, the year of their visitation, saith the Lord. They that fled stood under the shadow of Heshbon because of the force, but a fire shall come forth out of Heshbon, and a flame from the midst of Sihon, and shall devour the corner of Moab, and the crown of the head of the tumultuous ones. Woe be unto thee, O Moab! The people of Chemosh perisheth, for thy sons are taken captives, and thy daughters captives. Yet will I bring again the captivity of Moab in the latter days, saith the Lord. Thus far 
is the judgment of Moab. Father in heaven, I love you. Pray your blessing upon the reading and the studying of your word. Help us tonight just to share some truths that might be in a help and a blessing to the people. God, Lord, I need you tonight. Again, these are very challenging verses of Scripture, but Lord, we're going to trust you to help us to glean from your truth just exactly what you would have us to receive from it. God, I pray that you just help us, Lord, not to be hearers of the word only, but doers of the word also. And God, we just pray tonight that you would help us to learn the lessons from others, uh, not just other individuals, but other uh, nations, Lord, that have fallen in under the fury of your wrath and judgment. Honor your word, exalt your son by way of your humbled servant, and we're going to praise you in advance for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray, all God's people see it. So a very lengthy chapter, and again, I don't expect us to get all the way through it tonight by any means, but we'll see what we can accomplish. But um, over the last couple of weeks, we've been discussing not only judgments that were pronounced by Jeremiah upon the kingdom of Judah, uh, under which we are most familiar with him being a prophet towards, but also unto other nations uh, that were... um, uh, that were familiar to Judah and, and were neighboring uh, kingdoms and lands uh, that surrounded her borders. Uh, we So far we've considered Egypt, uh, judgments that fell upon Egypt, uh, as well as judgments last week upon Gaza and upon the, Philist- the, the land of Philistia. And again, I just still can't get over just how relevant uh, last week's study uh, was and is to things that are contemporary events that are occurring uh, uh, right here in our world today. Uh, Amen. One thing about it, the Bible is just as relevant today as it ever has been. Amen. But now we find judgment that is pronounced against another one of uh, Judah's neighbors and uh, a land uh, that is referred to many times throughout the Bible, especially the Old Testament. We're talking about the land of Moab. Let me just say a little bit about Moab tonight, and we won't be able to exhaust this by any means, but Moab is a part of modern-day Jordan, the kingdom of Jordan. Uh, and by the way, Jordan is currently an ally of Israel. And, um, uh, and listen, I don't care whether it be Jordan, whether it be, uh, whether it be uh, Palestine, whether it be Syria, uh, whether it be Lebanon, Egypt, any of these lands, God's blessings upon them has so much to do with their, uh, their disposition towards the nation of Israel. Amen? And America can fall right into that category. I believe with all my heart that one of the reasons God has blessed America the way He is for so long and for so many years is because America has been a friend of Israel. Uh, now, I believe that began to change. Uh, several years ago and under the Obama administration especially. uh, And uh, I do not trust the current administration. I do not believe that the Biden administration is a friend of Israel. Uh, Amen. They want to control Israel. Amen. But the moment that Israel does something that is contrary to America's desires and the Biden administration's desires, they're going to turn on Israel like a snake, friend. And you just uh, mark that down tonight. But uh, again, we're not talking about 
Um, we're not talking about modern day events tonight. We're talking about Moab. It's a part of modern day Jordan. And Moab was lo- located, biblically speaking, on a high plain or a plateau east of the Dead Sea and southeast of the Jordan River. Um, and this is one of the reasons Moab, the, Pe- the Moabites, especially as you study this chapter, they seemed as if they, uh, they were self-confident. And they had an assumption that they were almost invincible, not necessarily because of their strength as a nation, but just because of the way they were situated. They, 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 uh, they, were, they, they, they existed in a highly elevated plateau, which would have been hard for them to be attacked. Uh, it's almost as if not even God Himself could defeat Moab. Well, they were getting ready to find out that wasn't the case. Uh, but some other interesting uh, notes about Moab. The Moabites were descendants. Uh, does anybody know uh, who Moab descended from? Lot. That's exactly right. Uh, they were descendants of Lot. Moab was a child conceived by Lot and his first daughter while he was drunk in an incestuous relationship. Uh, let me just say to you, there's not a lot of good in the Bible that can be said about Moab, all right? Moab was a place where Israel spent much time wandering in the wilderness after they rejected God's promise to inhabit the land of Canaan the first time. Moab was a wilderness land. Uh, amen. Uh, you know, really, Israel's time spent in Moab represented a time of disobedience and rebellion outside the will of God. Instead of being in Moab, they should have been uh, feasting on the promises and the blessings of Canaan's fair land. But uh, another thing that happened in Moab, the story of Balaam. Balaam's one of my favorite stories. Dad used to read that to us growing up, Balaam and the talking donkey. We just love that story. But uh, a king named Balak, Balak was the king of Moab. And he attempted to get Balaam to curse Israel. Now what Balaam eventually did, Balaam compromised. And, uh, and I believe, you know, the dealings with God's people, there's a lesson from every land, every place. And I believe we could, we could view Moab as a place of compromise. Uh, amen. The, the, again, the Moabites were related to the Jews. Uh, amen. But they were still not all in, so to speak. And again, Balak, uh, king of Moab, attempted to get Balaam to curse Israel. Balaam refused, but then eventually showed his true heart. He compromised with Balak in the name of of money and wealth. Uh, uh, We see a lot of that in our world today, don't we? Did you know another event, very notorious, infamous event in the Bible? Moses died and was buried in Moab. Isn't that interesting? Uh, and again, that wasn't according to the will of God. Moses, uh, amen, God wanted Moses to enjoy the promised land, but Moses ended up dying, having never inherited or received the, the blessings. Uh, in the time of the judges, King Eglon of Moab oppressed the land of Israel during the judges until God raised up a man named Ehud to deliver his people. And that is a humorous story, the story of Ehud and how he defeated King Eglon, the king of the Moabites. And, but then also Israel fought against Moab during Jehoram's reign 
in 2 Kings chapter number 3. Again, at one point in time during David's reign, Moab was under the authority and the control of Israel. They were a vassal state, so to speak, during Israel's zenith when she, was, when she enjoyed her most uh, influence. But yet eventually Moab rebelled against Israel during a state of weakness and fought against Israel during the reign of Jehoram. Solomon took wives of Moab and caused uh, God's people to worship, uh, uh, amen, their false god, of whom we will talk about here in a little while tonight. Elimelech, we've studied that recently, took his family to Moab during the famine during Bethlehem, Judah, and you know how that turned out, not well. Moab is referred to in Psalms, Isaiah, and Jeremiah as being the enemy of Israel. And brother, let me just tell you that there's no friend of God's people when it comes to a place of compromise. Amen? So again, I believe just personally that that's what Moab represents, a place of compromise. You know, again, almost as if you're one, you're one foot in and one foot out, uh, kind of riding the fence, so to speak, and you never are able to experience the fullness Amen. Which side of the Jordan River are you going to die on? Amen. You're going to die in the wilderness, you're going to cross over into Canaan. Moab was on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, the wrong side of the Jordan River, uh, which is the place, I'm afraid, where most of God's people uh, spend their lives. Amen. I'm afraid that a lot of Christians spend more time in Moab than they do the promised land. Can I get a witness tonight? So let's get into the text and just see how far we can get. First of all, there's a position Against Moab, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. God was not in favor of Moab. God was against Moab. Uh, and may I say to you tonight that God has never been a friend of compromisers. A amen. Uh, you cannot love God and mammon. Right? Uh, he that's a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Uh, Jesus said, you either for me or you're against me. And God is not a friend of Moab. God was against Moab. Friend, do you want God to be against your life? Brother, you love, you fall in love with the world and you'll be an enemy of God. And uh, I don't want, I want to make sure I'm on the right side of God's favor, don't you? Amen. Well, we got to stay out of Moab. You say, well, I got one foot in Moab and one foot in Canaan. Brother, it don't work that way. Uh, amen. You're either all in or you're all out. Can I get a witness tonight? Well, there's a location. Woe unto Nebo. Pretty spoiled. Kiriathim is confounded and taken. Misgab is confounded and dismayed. Now, I don't have time to get at all these names. Uh, you know, some of them have more relevance than others. I think you'll find some of them are, are still uh, contemporary locations in the world today that are part of, of what is, again, modern-day Jordan. But Nebo, Mount Nebo, was a, is a... I mean, you could go to Jordan today, to the kingdom of Jordan. And uh, who is the king of Jordan? Is that Hussein? Not Saddam now. We know he's... Who is the king of Jordan? Okay, but he was. See, at least I... There you go. Uh, but anyway, uh, Mount Nebo. I mean, is, is still a contemporary location. You could go to, to Mount Nebo today. But something very important to the Word of God happened at Mount Nebo. Does anybody remember? Well, I love it. I'm quizzing you tonight. 
It's where Moses, where God took Moses. Now, after you remember, after Moses disobeyed God, the Lord told Moses to speak to the rock the second time after he smote the rock the first time. Of course, the rock represents Jesus Christ. But instead of speaking unto the rock, Moses, in a fit of rage, smote the rock the second time. Brother, I'm telling you, uh, they'll never uh, smite Jesus twice. Amen. No such thing as the rocks uh, twice smitten. But Moses uh, smote the rock the second time. He disobeyed God and he forfeited the opportunity. He forfeited the greatest blessing uh, that God had in store for his life. And God never allowed him to enter into the promised land. And But yet, can you imagine, it's almost like the salt rubbed in the wound. He never entered in, but God let him get a glimpse of it. I don't know about you, I'm, I might not rather have seen it at all. I, I'm telling you, to, uh, you think of all the time that Moses spent. You know, uh, that was the great, uh, amen, the great purpose of his life. Not only was uh, to, to get God's people out of Egypt, but to bring them into Canaan. But Moses failed in his responsibility. Uh, amen, he got them out, but he never got them in. And because Moses was derelict in his duties, uh, that responsibility fell upon Joseph. But I'll tell you what, I don't want somebody else to have to uh, end up cleaning up the mess that I make of my life. And because I disobey God and because I fall short of the Lord's will for my life, then somebody else ends up having to do the job that God commissioned me to do. Amen. And that's what happened. But the Lord said, I'm afraid it was almost a part of... Uh, you know, judgment, chastisement against Moses. Here's what I would have done. Here's what I could have done. Here's, here's what you would have inherited if you'd only obeyed me. But it was from Mount Nebo. And they say to this day that from the top of Mount Nebo, you can look down into the Jordan Plain and see uh, what was Jericho and, and see into southern Judah. And brother, I'm telling you what, that, I can't imagine how brokenhearted uh, Moses must have been knowing that because of one act of disobedience, he missed out on fulfilling God's purpose for his life. Amen. That happened at Mount Nebo in Moab. Woe unto Nebo, it is spoiled. Now there's a humiliation. There shall be no more praise of Moab. Moab was a land, again, it was a rather small nation, but it, it was very reputable. And, uh, amen, it had a great reputation uh, in and amongst the people of that day. A conspiration, verse number 2, I'm going to move quickly if you hang on. And Heshbon, they have devised evil against it. Come and let us cut it off from being a, a nation. Also thou shalt be cut down, O madman, the sword shall pursue thee. It's almost as if while, Jerem while God was relaying this message, to Jeremiah, and mess, uh, Jeremiah was writing this prophecy against Moab that, that the Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar was conspiring, was planning uh, an overthrow against the Moabites, which we know happened in uh, the 580-some uh, B.C., uh, roundabout. Um, and brother, I'm telling you, the prophecy that God gave against Moab came, came to pass just exactly as God said. It would. Amen. If God says it, you just better get ready. It's going to happen. Now there's a destruction, verse 3 and 4, a voice crying shall be from Horonaim, spoiling 
and great destruction. Moab is destroyed. Remember, the Moabites almost viewed themselves to be impenetrable, uh, indestructible, as if just because of where they were located, that there would be no way for uh, even the, the Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar himself to come against it. But God said, uh, you're as good as if you were already destroyed. There's a victimization. Well, this is always what happens when God's, when people fallen under the Lord's judgment, her little ones have caused a cry to be heard. In other words, the, the, the children would be the innocent victims and they would end up suffering as a result of the sins of their fathers. And brother, we, uh, we need to, to, to understand that when we sin against God and we, we choose to rebel and disobey Him and go against Him, amen, uh, sad to say, I'm afraid our children will suffer the consequences not of their sin but of ours. It's tragic, isn't it? Now there's a lamentation, verse number 5, For in the going up of Luhith, continual weeping shall go up for in the going down of Horonaim, the enemies have heard a cry of destruction. Weeping would be able to be heard throughout the land of Moab. Now, what we're going to see later on in the chapter is that, and this is interesting, I find this interesting, and uh, amen, don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but we find that Jeremiah wept over Moab. Isn't that interesting? You say, preacher, why is that significant to you? Well, Moab was the enemy of Israel. You would think that Jeremiah would have, would have rejoiced in the destruction. But brother, you know, I want to remind you that God doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. And because He doesn't, we, don't, we, we ought not either. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of folk in this world today, right here in our own country. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're the enemies of the church. They hate us. But we ought not take uh, any pleasure in their demise. Amen, judgment that God brings about on, uh, amen, uh, and brother, it's coming, that's going, that's going to come upon the evil of leaders that are in positions of authority right here in America. That ought to break our hearts, amen, to see that being the case. There's evacuation, verse 6, flee, save your lives and be like the heath in the wilderness. You know, again, there was, at that moment when Jeremiah was writing this prophecy, uh, the Moabites felt as if they were secure, that they were protected. They assumed that, that uh, again, not even Nebuchadnezzar could penetrate uh, uh, the natural boundaries that, that, that served as a protection or fortification around them. But yet it wouldn't be long, Jeremiah said, so you're going to be fleeing for your own lives. Now there's a foundation, verse 7, for because thou hast... Trusted in thy works and in thy treasures, thou shalt also be taken. Who are we trusting in tonight? Amen? You know, again, a false sense of security. We saw one of the reasons that Israel, or that the kingdom of Judah was destroyed was because, uh, amen, they trusted uh, in the world. They trusted in Egypt to save them, and Egypt... Uh, was no match for Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. Uh, amen. And brother, we need to make sure that we're trusting in the right source. Um, first of all, I, I'm glad I'm not trusting in my own works for salvation. Amen. I'm not trusting, on, trusting in anything that I can do to take me to heaven, but I'm trusting in what Jesus did for me. Amen. But listen, 
We ought not trust in our own treasures. Isn't that what a lot of people's trusting in in our world today? Their wealth and material resources, amen. And, and uh, what was it during the, the Great Depression that, amen, people were wealthy one day and the next day they were poor because they lost everything because they had, had invested their wealth and their resources in something that the stock market, the bottom fell out of it. Amen. What would happen today if, uh, if uh, Wall Street went broke? You know what happened? A lot of people would be putting a gun to their head because, amen, that's the foundation. That's the, that's, that's the joy. That's the, the contentment of their life that is found in the things of this world. Lay not up for yourselves treasures in earth. Amen. They're corruptible. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What are you trusting in tonight? It's good, isn't it? Well, there's a deification. And Chemosh shall go forth into captivity with his priests and his princes together. We don't know about Chemosh, but he was the God. Uh, we don't know much about Chemosh, but he was the God of the Moabites. And brother, uh, you know, any of these nations that God destroyed, he made mention of their, of their gods. Amen. And God always has a, has a tendency to expose uh, and to demonstrate the fact that, he, that, that He's greater and superior to the gods of His enemies. Uh, amen. And uh, we talked about the Philistines last week. And uh, amen. What, what, Dagon. <laughs> and I love that story. Amen. When, when Jehovah uh, got through with it, it took one night. Jehovah, uh, Dagon spent one night. Uh, amen. Shut up in a room with with Dagon, and when the night was over, there wasn't nothing left of him but a stump. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Do you believe that tonight? A participation. Verse number 8, The spoiler shall come upon every city, and no city shall escape. The valley also shall perish, and the plain shall be destroyed, as the Lord hath spoken, whether it be the city, the valley, and the plain. Uh, no, 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 geographical area or location within the boundaries and the borders, boundaries or borders of Moab would be exempt. Everybody would experience. And brother, you know, when, when, when God judges a land, that is the case. And if, and if judgment, can I just say this tonight, that if judgment ever falls upon America, nobody will be exempt from it. Amen? And, and that includes... Uh, That'll, that'll include Christian people. Judgment must first begin at the house of God. And I'm telling you tonight, God's people are responsible for a lot. I'm afraid that we have, uh, amen, we failed in our job. Uh, amen, we're the caretakers uh, of what our forefathers bestowed upon us and, and endowed and entrusted to us. Uh, amen. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter uh, where you're, whether you're rich, whether you're poor. Uh, it doesn't matter what part of the land you live in. I'm just telling you, if judgment falls upon the land that you and I live in, I believe that we'll all uh, experience the consequences of it. I just do. Well, there's a desolation. Verse number 9, Give wings unto Moab that it may flee and get away. For the cities thereof shall be desolate without any to dwell therein. Once again, just like Judah, uh, Moab would be uninhabitable. 
Uh, in other words, the destruction would be so severe that nobody would be able to live there. Well, it's hard to fathom that. They said that's the way it was during the Civil War. You know, the places where the battles took place, you, you, you just couldn't live there. Uh, you know, you couldn't dwell there. Uh, and that, that, that certainly is a, a very bad state to find yourself in. There's a deception. Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. Now again, I don't know where this comes in. Now this could, I mean, who knows, maybe this is a reference back to, to Balaam and Balak. Uh, but, but brother, I mean, this is a curse specifically. It, it almost seems like it didn't, doesn't fit within the narrative of the text. But I promise you one thing, God put it there for a reason. And it's a curse that's pronounced upon those who do the work of God deceitfully. Well, I think there's a lot of uh, false preachers in our world today that do good to read uh, Jeremiah 48.10, don't you? Because there's a lot of deceit. Uh, amen. There's a lot of deceitful practices going on. Brother, it's one thing to, to, to practice dishonesty and and deceit, and but to do it in the Lord's name, uh, God doesn't. God takes that seriously, does He not? Well, there's a toleration, and cursed be he that keepeth back his sword from blood. You know, not only a curse pronounced upon those who do God's work deceitfully, but those who tolerate that which should be dealt with. Amen. You know, there's a time to. Uh, you know, I was taught, pick and choose your battles. There's some battles that aren't worth fighting. And boy, you gotta, you sure have to, to, to use that strategy raising kids. I don't know about William raising boys, but raising girls. You've got to pick and choose your battles, amen? Because, brother, if I fought every battle that at my house that could be fought, I'd, I'd lose, hallelujah, uh, a lot more than I already lose. But, amen, listen, there, there's a time that, that issues... Uh, amen. There's a, there, and, and when it comes to sin, and when it comes to iniquity, and when it comes to deceit and dishonesty, listen, you, you, got, you can't tolerate it, you've got to deal with it. Well, there's a relaxation. Verse 11, Moab hath been at ease. Now, I, 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 think, that, um, I think this really is one of the great things, great lessons that we can learn from Moab. Moab hath been at ease from his youth, and he hath settled on his lees, and hath not been emptied from vessel to vessel, neither hath gone he gone into captivity. You know what Moab's problem was? Uh, apathy. Comfort. Uh, was it, we heard a message uh, over the last few years about being settled on your lees, did we not? Uh, does anybody know what that phrase means? And to be honest with you, I didn't even uh, look it up in my study. I wish I had, but it has something to do with, with a time of comfort and a time of ease and a time, uh, amen, of uh, amen, enjoying the, uh, the, 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 uh, the luxuries of life. Uh, amen. And now look with me, the, 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 the uh, connection between that in the rest of verse number 11, Therefore his taste remained in him, and his scent is not changed. Now again, I think that there is an assumption that Moab was making that because of their elevation, because of their location, 
because of their wealth, because all they had ever known was a time of peace. Because it had always been that way, they had never experienced captivity and their, their taste remained in them. They, you know, they had never tasted anything other than what they had tasted and their scent had always been the same. And in other words, because things had always been a certain way, they assumed they'd always be that way. And brother, if there's not a lesson for us in that, I don't know what is. You know, the truth of the matter is, you and I, most of us don't know what it is to live uh, the way our parents and grandparents lived. You know, I love talking to, you know, my grandmother would talk about it and different, different folks about growing up during the 20s and 30s, the time of the Depression, when everybody was poor. But nobody cared because everybody was poor. And they didn't know any different. Amen. But brother, I'm telling you, you know, all most of us have ex ever experienced in our lives is affluence. You know, I, I can't remember a time in my life to where I've ever been without. Have you ever went a day in your life, and I'm not saying somebody hadn't, I can't think of a single day in my life to where I was worried if I'd have anything to eat or not. Huh? I, I can't ever remember a time in my life to where I, I, I wondered how I was going to get from one location to another. I always had a vehicle. I always had a, a, a uh, reliable form of transportation. I can't ever remember a, a time in my life to where I wondered whether or not I was going to have a place to lay my head down, a bed to sleep in. Uh, amen. I can't, now, now I guess there have been times to where I've wondered, well, I hope I'm able to pay my bills this month. But I'm just telling you, most of us, all we have known, for the most part, is comfort, convenience, uh, affluence. We're spoiled rotten. And because that's all we've ever known, and because it's always been that way, we just assume it's always going to be that way. Brother, that, that is no, I, I'm just telling you tonight, that is no guarantee. Did you know the, 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 the society and the culture that you and I live in, historically speaking, is the exception rather than the rule? Most people who've lived in this world did not live in affluence. Uh, amen. You know, you know, really, more than not, people have suffered. People have to scrounge uh, just to, to survive. I mean, there's people in, in our world today that literally... Uh, amen. Their, uh, their sustenance or their continuance from one day to another depends upon whether or not they're able to provide, you know, scrounge up, uh, up enough bread to keep them from starving to death. Amen? That's true. Man, I'm just telling you, what would. I, I was reading, or I was watching last night a documentary, and I, I mean, I get on YouTube and this. It, the French Revolution, and, and, and boy, you, you learning from history and how that those people, just the common folk, rose up against the dignitaries and the elites. And brother, I'm telling you, they wrecked havoc in that land. And I mean, uh, the guillotines and off with his head and all this stuff. But I just thought, man, what if that happened in America? 
what would happen if let me let me I, I don't want to listen I'm not saying it will or it won't but what would happen in America if this crowd over the last few years that's been writing amen the Antifa crowd and what if they what if they gained authority in this country do you, do you realize the things you and I would be facing huh we better appreciate what we have and we better not assume just because it's always been this way that it's always going to be that way. It's good preaching. Man, variation of deviation. Verse number 12, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send unto him wonders that shall cause him to wonder. Uh, amen, just lost. Don't, don't know where to go. Don't know where to turn. Don't know what to do. Amen. In other words, whereas their lives had been in a settled pattern uh, in a routine to where they, they just knew from day to day that they would be able to go to the grocery store and, and, and there'd be somewhere open for them to get food. I mean, all they have to do is go through the drive through at McDonald's and get something to eat and go to the gas station because the basic necessities of life were so available now they're at, during a time of wonder. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Amen? Things that we need to think about, right? A depletion and shall empty his vessels and break their bottles. In other words, again, Moab was known as a place of, of affluence. Well, all of a sudden, <laughs> amen, their resources had been depleted. And whereas they had, they'd always had an abundance, they had more than enough, now they didn't have anything. The degradation and Moab shall be ashamed of Chemosh, as the house of Israel was ashamed of Bethel. Their confidence. Boy, I, I, that, that is ironic to me. Again, Moab, the Moabites were putting their confidence in Chemosh, this false god. But yet, now Jeremiah makes a comparison to Israel as uh, they became ashamed of Bethel, their confidence. We know Bethel was a very uh, special place in Israel. That was the place where God first appeared into Jacob, amen, uh, where he had his, uh, amen, he, he, uh, he, he uh, amen, the Lord appeared to him and he spent the night sleeping on a rock rather than a pillar. And we know that, that uh, Jacob spent many years in Haran at his uncle Laban's house and he went to get one wife and he brought home two, hallelujah, God help him. <laughs> uh, well, there came a point in time in Jacob's life to where he went back to Bethel. And sometimes we need to go back to the place, amen, where we first met the Lord. But yet I'm afraid that Israel's confidence was, was, was based upon the place at Bethel instead of the God of Bethel. Sometimes I'm afraid our confidence is in the place rather than the God of the place. Yeah, man. Amen. Where's your confidence? I'm thankful for my church, but my confidence isn't in the church. My confidence is in the Lord of the church. Amen? An assumption, how say ye, we are mighty and strong men for the war. In other words, uh, amen, we're prepared for battle. We, even if the Babylonians, even if Nebuchadnezzar comes against us, we're strong enough to defeat them. Is America today strong enough to defeat our enemies if they come against us? Hmm? 
I'll let you answer that question. And annihilation, Moab is spoiled and gone out, and gone up out of her cities, and his chosen young men are gone down to the slaughter. A dictation, verse 15, saith the king whose name is the Lord of hosts. Brother, I'm telling you, when God pronounces it, you just might as well get ready, it's going to happen. And this wasn't the opinion of Jeremiah, this was, uh, amen, uh, the inspiration uh, of Jehovah God. Can I say to you tonight, God's word's greater than Biden's word? Can I take it a step further, God's word's greater than Trump's word? Amen. God's word's greater than man's word. And what God says will always outlast the opinions and ideologies of man. Now there's a, an approximation, verse number 16, The calamity of Moab is near to come, and his affliction hasteth past. They, they thought that they had all the time in the world, and God said, You don't realize just how close you are to... Uh, to meeting your end and falling in under my judgment. Verse 17, And attention, all ye that are about him, bemoan him, and all ye that know his name, say, How is the strong staff broken and the beautiful rod? In other words, you know, uh, the people of the world, the people that were familiar with her neighbors, uh, the people that were familiar with her, uh, her glory, would be amazed and would be astonished to see just how easily that, Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon was able to overthrow the Moabite kingdom. There's a humiliation, verse number 18, Thou daughter hath do that dost inhabit debone, come down from thy glory, and sit in thirst, for the spoiler of Moab shall come upon thee, and he shall destroy thy strongholds. Can I just remind you tonight that God knows how to bring anybody down? Any nation or any kingdom that exalteth itself, God is more than capable of... of, of uh, of taking it down a notch. Confusion. I'm looking for a stopping place. So inhabited of Aror, stand by the way and espy. Ask him that fleeth and her that escapeth and say, What is done? Moab is confounded or is confused. Didn't know what to do. An inclusion. Verse 20 through 24. For it is broken down, howl and cry. Tell ye it in Arnon, that, is Mo, that Moab is spoiled, and judgment is come upon the plain country, upon Holon, and upon Jehaza, and upon Mephath, and upon Debon, and upon Nebo, and upon Beth Diblatham, and upon Kiriathim, and upon Beth Gamel, and upon Beth Maon, and upon Kiriath, and upon Basra, and upon all the cities of the land of Moab, far or near. Everybody would, would be included in the judgment. Deterioration, the horn of Moab is cut off and his arm is broken, saith the Lord. Her, her strength would be brought low to weakness. A magnification, verse number 26, Make ye him drunken, for he magnifieth himself against the Lord. Brother, anybody, any nation that magnifies themselves against God will end up being brought low. In a derision, Moab shall also wallow in his own vomit, and he shall be in derision. An illustration, think about this, For was not Israel a derision unto thee? Was he found among thieves? For since thou spakest of him, thou skippest, skippest for joy. In other words, the Moabites took pleasure in the downfall of Judah. Amen, but what, what goes around comes around. 
And uh, the same thing that they gloried in as far as the downfall of Judah, they experienced. Brother, we don't ever need to, uh, you, you know, we, we need to, we don't ever need to rejoice in the, in the destruction or the, uh, amen, the downfall of other people, amen. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. If a man see a brother or sister overtaken a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore one another in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Amen? Uh, suppression, verse 28, I'm, I'm pretty much done. O ye that dwell in Moab, leave the cities and dwell in the rock, and, and be like the dove that maketh her nest in the sides of the hole's mouth. Amen. And, and we're going to see um, uh, here in a, a little while, Jeremiah is referring to Moab as a dove, and he's referring to Nebuchadnezzar as an eagle, uh, hiding from the eagle, the dove hiding from the eagle. And here's where we'll end tonight, verse number 29. And could this be the great reason for judgment falling upon Moab? Uh, here's what, what are we known for? What is America known for? Uh, when somebody says America, you know, what do people think of? Years ago, it was a nation that feared God. I don't think that's the case anymore. But Moab was known. We have heard the pride of Moab. He is exceeding proud. His loftiness and his arrogancy and his pride and the haughtiness of his heart. Boy, that summarizes it all right there, doesn't it? And uh, amen. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And I'm afraid that, once again, we can see a lot of similarities, not just between Judah and America, or Egypt and America, or Gaza and America, but Moab and America, because more than anything else, Moab was known for her great pride, her arrogance, and her haughtiness of heart. Brother, I'm afraid that's exactly where we're at today. Whereas our pride used to be not in ourselves, but in the God who made us who we are today. Now, now we're boasting in ourselves and acting as if we no longer need the Lord our God. Now, I'm afraid before it's all said and done, just as God dealt with Moab, He's going to deal with America. Let's all stand tonight. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for heaven.